Welcome everyone to Flyover Footy. I got a really special guest today. He's taken time out of a very busy schedule. Tom Bogert's here from MLS Proper. Uh, Tom, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's always busy. It's been a sprint. Um, it's funny trying to think about a little bit of not downtime or whatever, but like maybe not having crazy days between MLS Cup and like the World Cup. And then I was like, all right, cool. This week might be a little slow. And then it's like, oh, yeah, expansion draft, all this other crap. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a grind and you love it. Yeah. I mean, especially for, for St. Louis folks, we're not used to this kind of a grind. It's like we got three drafts coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's crazy. And you get to be the bell of the ball. That's the best part about expansion. It's this, true. This little month where it's everybody's focused on you. It's, it's, all, it's all fun. You guys are controlling everything. It's funny you said that. I bought this giant gold ball gown <laughs> that I'm going to wear to the expansion draft. I'm going to put my hair up and, you know, try to find a beast that will marry me you know uh, <laughs> um great let's get started man let's let's go through it you wrote a great article today it's exactly what i was hoping to see someone who knows the league that can uh, kind of give some some ideas a little cheat sheet on perhaps the kind of players that st louis might be looking for let's go through it and um the very first thing is exactly the first thing that i've been worried about i'm extremely worried about us having like one central midfielder and the first <laughs> thing you throw out in this article is two veteran mls like really quality USMNT uh, central midfielders. They are aging, of course, but uh, they're quality guys. Yeah, I would, I would um, in, in this group, and, and I'm, I might be the biggest Dax McCarty fan around the league. <laughs> in this group of two players, like I would take Alejandro Bedoya ahead of Dax. Like both, you have to worry about age concerns. It's, it's kind of like they're they both turned 36 in April. Um, they both have they they're both the absolute top quality guys you you cannot hear a bad word about either one of these guys Dax has been it been through the expansion process with Nashville he's a big reason of what they are today both like on the field particularly his first two years with the club he was awesome uh but the culture that he sets the leadership all of that is like invaluable Alejandro Bedoya he didn't join an expansion team but Philadelphia might as well have been an expansion team when he joined he's been at the heart of every single good thing that they've done over the last half decade and oh by the way on the field this year it was might might have been his best year ever so I think both players have a lot left in the tank. Bedoya, I'm less worried about than McCarty because McCarty's played like 2,000 minutes or less each of the last two years. He hasn't done that since 2010. Mm. So it seems like he's slowing down a little bit. Bedoya had the injury concerns in the playoffs. But for me, it's, it's I don't know if Philly just ran out of spots to protect guys or they were like, you know what? St. Louis aren't going to take Bedoya or Bedoya is going to refuse to go. So I don't know what the thought process is there. But like, I can't think of a better kind of captain first, like, culture leadership guy somebody who's going to be starting at 30 games or however many he's fit for in this expansion season than somebody like Alejandro Bedoya yeah absolutely um I could see it a friend of mine uh who's a, a Philly guy was like he's just going to retire this year so maybe that's another <laughs> you, you no, maybe. No, that, I like wrote in the story I was like this is like particularly both of these guys obviously but I was honing in on Bedoya that this is like a he's earned it throughout his career that like mm-hmm. and you need to protect yourselves we're like this needs to be a conversation and a joint decision because if Bedoya says like, yeah. F you, I'm refusing to show up or I'll just retire. Then like your hands are tied and like yeah. maybe you get a hundred thousand, 200,000 allocation money from Philly. And that's not worth it. That's not the value of these picks. You get more or just like the better, uh, a different player that wants to come. So yeah, th- these are all fluid. These are conversations that need to be happening if they were to go to the route of taking Bedoya. Yeah, we're going to touch on that especially kind of thing at the end there. Tyler Miller is next on your list as a USL guy. You know, we know Tyler Miller, and um, I love that guy. There's a lot of good goalkeepers in this possible draft, so um, I like that shout, though. What would you think about Tyler? Yeah, I mean, the thing with him is that, like, I was talking to people after I wrote this story, 
because you know, I got the list like an hour before it went out and I was trying real hard to like write as quickly as I could digest it as quick as I could. I still really like Tyler Miller. Um, and like there, I think that there'd be a market if uh, St. Louis said, Hey, who needs a goalie? Yeah. 300,000, whatever it is, 400,000, we'll select Tyler Miller and trade him to you. Mm. But obviously St. Louis have Roman Burke. They, they don't need a goalkeeper. Another one, like Tyler Miller's like cap hit, I think is like 400,000. It's not expensive whatsoever, but like, Stefan Cleveland is a guy who's like much more cap friendly. He mm. might be somebody that teams want to trade for. So if you, if they go the goalie route, again, obviously this team has Roman Berkey. They're not like, I mean, they could select the backup goalkeeper here, but that wouldn't be a great use. I think of the five picks. So Tyler mm. Miller, Stefan Cleveland is another one kind of in that category. Yeah. Evan Laurel was like another USL friendly uh, goalkeeper that I thought was a, a good option. Um, one of my favorites, we won't go through every one of these. I'm going to pick okay. and choose, but Alex Mule is like one of my favorites on this list. I think he played some right wing back if I'm not mistaken, which is a, a hole in our roster as well so that was a cool one yeah yeah i thought that like i thought he was fine as a wing back this year i thought he was going to be really really good i because th- like again like the what his fit for this group i think would be really good i think his fit in nashville has been really good and so i think you know what you're going to get with this kind of guy and and he's again these are the dudes that you need as like control foundation guys in an expansion year mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it. you know he's going to set the club positively look he's not going to get 15 goals and eight assists he's just not that guy but he's still a, like a really solid mls player and he's somebody that again when i was writing this i was like it he'd probably be near the top of my list like depending on salary contract like we're going to talk about andre shinishiki i'm sure later i, I don't know exactly where shinishiki's new contract lines up with wheels but like again these are like this is just a dude that like high high floor you just don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. solid player Bradley Cornell obviously knows him from his Red Bull days. He fits the system. You know exactly what you're going to get. I think that this one's kind of a no-brainer to me, unless that there's like, unless you think that you could trade for him from Nashville later and mm-hmm. like later in the offseason, which I think that might be getting too cute. But like again, I, I think that this would be this would make a lot of sense. I agree. Uh, speaking of former Red Bull products, Tim Parker was a great shout. There's a few center backs in here, but Tim Pretty Parker is the most like obvious one as far as like too name expensive. recognition. Too expensive. He's yeah. He's, okay. Uh, he's cap- his cap hit this year was a million. Oh yeah, and right. that's that's like thirty uh, percent more than Aaron Long and uh, than like Alex Cowens. Like Alex Cowens is like the best center back, one of the best center backs in the league. Like Jacob Glesnitz, Jack Elliott's like five hundred thousand. Like uh-huh. Tim Parker, like it's okay to like overpay or whatever. I get it, but like Tim Parker has been so far beyond. Like I still think he's a fine player. Fit in Houston's been really bad. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone great. Like if there's a way to rework his deal, like I would that he would, probably would have been my top pick. Or the, like so that's kind of why that like at the end of like my article, like he wouldn't be one of the five I picked just because of that. But like I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if they did. I'd be like, all right, I get it. That makes sense. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. And it, I did see a thing that like we can renegotiate the 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 contracts, and it's a negotiation. It's not like you do this or yeah. nothing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thing that someone pointed out today. Um, Andre Shinyashiki, um, I, that's another of my favorites. We definitely need a backup, um, or, you know, someone who can help out in, in the striker role or attack mm-hmm. role. Um, he seems to be one of the better ones. There's a few out there though. Yeah. What I like a lot about him too, is that like he can play either wing or center forward and like that's super valuable. And like, who knows if, if Bradley caught again, like the, the tactics are going to be the same in, in terms of the identity but like the formations can change so mm-hmm. if you have a guy who could play filled a bunch of different roles he's uh he's really dynamic in terms of his pace and his directness like charlotte didn't play high pressing colorado didn't play high pressing but he's a player i think that would fit this really well so he's somebody that would make sense i know that when charlotte traded for him in the spring like there was a handful of other teams who were making offers or, or really trying so he's mm-hmm. somebody that again like i think he'll get 
he might get taken depending on what teams think of his new contract. But like, I think if he gets taken, like there's a chance that, that there's a trade. Like I he's definitely a sought after player. He was one that I was surprised that was unprotected. And that just, that's because like Charlotte don't have any homegrown. So they didn't have anybody automatically protected. Mm-hmm. They had to use their 12 protection on like 25 eligible guys. So it's like somebody had to be odd man out. And again, like, I, I think that he's one of the most likely to get taken. Yeah. And it- Let's just start with the strikers and we'll work our way back in, in oh. case you want to mention some other guys like there was a it sounds like a false rumor about um, Ake Loba coming to St. Louis. Um, Joe Keeney's on the list. Any other like backup or, you know, strikers if, if that, like a veteran striker that we could use regularly that we could uh, look at? I honestly like really like the idea of taking Patrick Klamala. I know that's not very sexy because he hasn't been well good for the Red Bulls <laughs> for like he got benched for a while and like their their center forward situation is really bad but like this is this is a move he, he was bought for four million dollars like two years ago and a year before that he was bought for four million dollars by Celtic like is a kid with pedigree I kind of wrote about it as like if I'm Lutz like I'm calling all my Bundesliga contacts and being like he's available for two and a half million like mm-hmm. could you get a bid or like being less cynical I think that you roll the dice on somebody who had talent, who had pedigree. You could fit him into your budget because you're probably not adding another DP. Like, you you get this like asset the way that Philly got like Julian Carranza. You say, hey, new, uh, new, um, well, not new system for him, but you know, new environment, everything. Hey, maybe we can be the team that unlocks his potential. So, that's one that I would like. I again, I understand why you wouldn't use an expansion slot on him. Too much risk at at like his his um his contract, but like. If I was to take kind of one big swing kind of in, in the expansion draft, I think that'd be him. I like that. If we took one big swing, he would be the guy to go to because it's possible. You know, it is possible. And like looking back in previous years, teams like it, it, it varies. But like Miami and Nashville, for instance, like Nashville's biggest swing was like trading for Joe Willis. Like hmm. a lot of teams treat this as we're not going to take on any contracts above 200,000 or something. Yeah. And again, that's that's a viable strategy. That's why even like I was nitpicking my own list of like, all right, well. These are good players, but are St. Louis really going to put their like salary resources into this, or is it going to be we're going to try to grab a bunch of guys who are like below like whatever four hundred thousand, three hundred, whatever it is, and and try to like see if we can get like depth guys rather than hey, Klamala could be an above average starter for us, right? So like, it, I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to play out, but I think the team have plenty of like space to kind of work in if they really like one of these players they could they could go for it yeah yeah and we'll touch on that in a minute here too as well um i think the biggest hole i keep harping on it i'm sure my guys in the dms are like so sick of it but one central midfielder at this point and i mean you got to get at least two more i would say by the end of um the off season in my opinion um are there guys like veteran mls guys that they could pick up and keep in this draft that you can see yeah, I mean, like like we talked about Bedoya, like Will Trapp is another guy, but again, he he's pretty expensive. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are like I don't have obviously the full list ahead of me, and even if I did, that that's too many names to it's just a be lot kind of people, dying, yeah. dying through. <laughs> but like there, like I do think that there are plenty of like center mids that I wasn't thinking of because I was looking at like guys who could start or guys who could make an impact. Like I'm certain that there's a plenty of like 25 year olds that like weren't starters that aren't like that that hey you're gonna be our, our number three mm-hmm. center midfielder and like. It, it's going to be a, like a safe pick like that that i like I, and i like kind of like where your head's at like that's again that's what teams have used the expansion draft for like they they haven't swung for like the bedouia clamada types they've gone for more of like that type mm-hmm. and the last lastly in this kind of uh questioning um area center back you covered goalkeeper plenty i think uh but center back yeah. we could use another veteran guy um we only talked about one are there any any other guys coming to mind that, that maybe we'd want to pick up center back or even fullback 
Yeah, I'm full, so fullback was something I was thinking of too because like there's only one fullback on the roster, but like I didn't really love all the options here. Like I think Bonarita is, is a good player, but he's pretty expensive, and mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's something that they that they really want to do. Like at center back, I like Jackson Reagan. Um, he's a sup- somebody who could be on the supplemental roster, which means that he's not only is he on the league minimum, but he doesn't even count against the cap. That would be pretty useful. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know exactly how he'd fit into this system. John Bell in New England is, is a guy who I, I think would, would make sense. There's a couple other of like those cheaper options than, than say a Tim Parker or something like that's I, I could see that. But again, like there's there's Nils, there's there's Hibbert, there's Yarrow. Like th- those are like Hibbert and Yarrow are kind of the you know rotation or backup center back, the ones that who aren't going to be very expensive. So like they need like so Aaron Long is available in the expansion draft, but that doesn't mean anything. He's a free agent. Like mm-hmm. there's no point to taking a free agent in the expansion draft. I'm surprised that there hasn't been more chatter about St. Louis and Aaron Long, given Bradley Cornell, given the the system and like free agent and expansion teams always take or the good ones at least always take a big swing at center back, and that kind of dictates how their season goes. Like Charlotte didn't really do that. Nashville did. LAFC did. Like Austin. Uh, 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 Austin kind of did with Beezer, but Atlanta did. Like you look at the successful ones, it, it's whether it's it usually it's a trade or usually it's been a trade, and that's kind of where I would see them going for like their starting center back or something rather than say in in the expansion. Okay, interesting. So looking for a free agent or a trade, interesting. Okay, that's mm. good to think about, and that is what I want to ask you about. Let's since you mentioned it, let's stick with it. Um, you know, how does salary? We've been kind of touching on free agency. Um, you would know better than us. We're constantly talking about, does this, is this person an international player or does he have a green card? It's so hard. Like, I don't think there's a way to know. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously we have three international slots. Everyone's been talking about today so far. Um, so yeah. Can you talk about like how salary free agency, green cards, how that impacts this draft coming up? That's so that's the thing. That's why like, like for the, the, the players who I think are most valuable and available are, are guys who are domestic players because, Again, I think the team had before these trades had pretty much filled up their international slots. But again, that 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 doesn't stop you from signing an international player because you there are always international spots to trade for. And and again, expansion teams have plenty of allocation money. It's never a roadblock, but it's something to consider. Like they're not there. There's not going to be four international players selected unless they're all being traded here in the yeah. transfer draft. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. They're in a good spot. Just talking with Lutz, like they wanted to do most of their international signings prior to now and have this period just focusing on the domestic market and the domestic market doesn't necessarily mean in, in like an American player or Canadian player this like the there could like Moderita is somebody who's been in the league in a while that that's a domestic player like mm-hmm. so th- like these are kind of like the mechanisms that go into it the 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 ways that it kind of changes the equation so yeah it's something to keep an eye on and that's why I think myself and others who have kind of been around for a little while is that you hone in mostly on domestic players in the expansion draft. And like the super draft is another one too. Mm. There are a lot of like uh, Jeff Hall in DC United, his talent was absolutely like probably top 15. Mm. He, he fell to the second round because teams just don't draft international players in the super draft because the track record isn't great. Unless that you're some like unicorn that that's found his way into college soccer for a year from an international player. So again, these are all things to think of. And that kind of changes the value and, and changes the math because if there's if you have 11 international roster spots, you're not going to use it on a backup goalie or backup left yeah. back. You know what I mean? Like they're all going to be high leverage spots, which is unfortunate for people who are, you know, probably would be a solid MLS player. But like a rotation center mid, it's not very valuable to to use international slots. So it's it's like it is interesting to me the way that teams kind of bounce. It's like if you have like 
a domestic core, then you can get away with using international slots lower down the roster because you have that domestic core. Like, look at Nashville. They've, the past two years, immediately when the offseason starts, they trade for international slots because even some of their international players, like Anibal Godoy, has a green card. Like, I'm sure Hani Mukhtar have, have one soon. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how soon, maybe this year, next year. They, some teams are just better at working at it. This arcane government stuff, it's weird, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, these are all things that kind of go into roster, but it's what makes MLS MLS. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, it's part of the fun for sure. Uh, but it does make it hard for guys like me to kind of track like who yep. is a domestic or not. But it is what it is. It makes me valuable. Uh, very, <laughs> very good point. I like your thinking. Um, but yeah, speaking of you being valuable, you know a lot more than me. And so I don't know what you can say, but, it, you know, it make uh, we're hearing a lot of guys being like, well, it's mostly focusing on domestic at this point. When we saw these international slots being bought, we thought, oh, man, Young DP is still available. We only have two designated players like maybe some more internationals are coming from around the world which seems to be Lutz's you know strong point we'll see maybe but it seems to be what what he's good at so I didn't know if you're able to comment on on the possibility of that in the f- near future no, so, so, and I'm, and I'm, I don't I'm glad that, that you brought that up too again like these and I try to be careful too with my phrasing and all of this like nothing is like hard and fast like if a deal came up that they were unexpected and it was an international player. If it was, it was another center forward, another attacking midfielder, if the player was right, like they'd do it. Like, mm-hmm. but like just generally, their planning was by the summer was to have internet like players from international markets. But again, in the winter, things change. Like the Galaxy kind of come to mind quickly. Like Dayon Jovlich, that wasn't a planned signing. It was like they didn't know they were going to be in that market or he was going to be available. And then it was a price point, and then he was interested in coming. And then and then you go down the line. Same thing, Ricky Pooch. Like they wanted to add an attacking midfielder, but it was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, maybe he's available. Like, wait a minute. Like, oh, oh, he's interested. Okay, well, we only have a million and a half at one point five million. That probably won't. oh, like that might do it. Like, you're you're good with a free transfer because of how bad your salary cap, your cap situation is, Barcelona. Like, these if that happens, like they'll they'll move. Like, it, like again, you have, you have plans, and then you can divert from plans if the right option comes up. So again, like he they've said that they don't really see themselves adding any more DBs. But like, if somebody they like is unexpectedly available, they would pull the trigger. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. And that leads right into the next thing. Like you were mentioning about Mule or, or Kamala, like, you know, Lutz, you mentioned in your article, Lutz has contacts in Europe. You know, some of these guys are like German. I forgot what it was, who it was, the German speaking free agent, but you know, he could sell one of these people, you know, this draft could be the best thing that's ever happened to him. He gets this player for free and then he just sells them for money. So like, that's a really interesting part of your article that I hadn't really considered. Yeah. And, and like, Again, like for for like the Red Bulls, apparently they were trying to hold out to like get their four million back, which makes sense. You yeah. some cost fallacy, all that. St. Louis, it's bonus money. If they sold them for a million and a half, like it's it's not like they paid four million for them, right? So like I don't know, like. But then it comes down to all right, is it more valuable to have this, or is it more valuable to like use one of these slots for a player? But like, I don't know. I, I just think that all these things are interesting. I was laughing um, that the year the Austin did it, like. Hmm. They selected Joe Corona despite him not having a contract. They, they just did really yeah. bad with their expansion draft. Selected Joe Corona without him having a contract, just banking on the fact that he'd get the contract done. Contract didn't get done. He's eligible for the re-entry draft, another arcane MLS thing. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, like nobody's going to take you. And then Houston just picked him because they were like, screw you. Like you, you could give us money for him. <laughs> so these are just things that like, again, like it, these are like it, way too inside MLS. 
people from uh, outside of the league won't understand, but it's kind of it's fun. It's, it's stupid. It's silly, but you know, it keeps it keeps it entertaining this time of year. Well, you're speaking to the target market for that kind of a story. That's a good one. Uh, we, we love, we love our listeners in that way. Um, cool, man. Anything else? And how, do you want to talk about, we only got a few more minutes maybe, but like, you want to talk about what St. Louis has done, like your opinion of the roster build so far, the good and the bad, you know, a lot of people are critical of this Berkey move. So that might be something interesting that you might uh, be able to talk about, but you know, the only thing I'll add before I just set you free on whatever you want to talk about is, you know, that we've gotten a lot of quality players on a free from Europe, which in Europe is a very, you know, good value. How does that translate to MLS? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's the thing. This kind of reminds they they seem more like Charlotte. They had more. I, what I really liked is that they had seven signings by like July 31st or whatever it was like, yeah. I don't know why more teams didn't do that. Like I, I, I really like that. I think that that's smart and they had them in market. Like you could talk about whether it's more valuable for them to stay like playing at a higher level. Like Klaus played a couple of um, MLS next pro games and he <laughs> ruined the league. It was a joke. Like, he yeah. had like seven goal contributions, 250 minutes. I'm sure that wasn't useful for him, but being in the market was useful for him. Seeing a little bit of the travel, like being air quote home at his new home like that. Mm-hmm. I, that's one thing I really liked. But in like large takeaways, I I don't feel comfortable like making them. Like when people were shitting on Charlotte last year, I was like, dude, like maybe you don't agree with individual moves, but like you're looking at it like too direct. Like you don't you won't see the full puzzle and for another few months. Like so, again, there are things that things that I'm worried about. Like what if like they they need a six, they need a center back, but yeah, they have 12 players on under contract. Like, mm-hmm. Of course, they need to make more signings with Roman Berkey. Again, like generally speaking going domestic and going cheaper at goalkeeper is, is usually more valuable, but like, I'm not going to say that that's a bad signing yet. Like we haven't seen him play. Like what, like what if he's really, really great? Like he's probably a little bit more expensive than they would have liked, but you could, if they don't sign another DP, they could just put him on a DP spot that saves allocation money. Like Mm -hmm. if you weren't going to use that slot anyway, why not? Like, I don't know. Like again, generally, yeah. Like I would have went cheaper at goalkeeper. But I'm not going to sit here without Roman Berkey putting on gloves for a real game for St. Louis and being like, what an awful signing. I was so (laughs) stupid. Like, yeah, sometimes good players cost money. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it it is weird to think about that expensive signing being such a discount on what he is in the world. It's it's yeah, and that too. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I was one of the people kind of critiquing um, Charlotte for so many international slots last year. I wasn't crazy Mm -hmm. about it, but I did say it. And now look at us. I mean, we're out doing that. (laughs) So eating my words for sure. Any last thoughts before we go, Tom? No, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and, and, and seeing like one thing. That I, that I didn't love from Charlotte. They didn't take kind of a big swing on a trade. They tried. They thought they had Paul Ariola. They they asked around about some other like all-star level players, but mm. like the prices never lined up. I do hope that St. Louis take a big swing again, whether that's a, a, one of the biggest free agents like Long or Callens or Johnson or, or whoever you want to say, or it's like a 1.5 million-ish trade because I think we've seen as long as you get the player right, like Kellen Acosta, Mark Anthony Kay, Walker Zimmerman, Walker Zimmerman the first time. <laughs> like if you get the player right, it's so worth it. And it's just a way to kind of set your your club up for success moving forward. And like that's one thing I would be curious to see if they're able to like again, I know that they're scouting, I know they have targets, but teams know they had that they have a lot of expan- uh, allocation money because of expansion. So maybe they're not ever gonna get a fair price, but I do hope to see something like that if they do get the right target as center back, number six, number eight, like that could be so, so useful for an expansion. 
Awesome, man. I love it so much. I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today. Um, guys, this is just the beginning of what you're going to be hearing from Tom Bogert. So make sure you're following him on Twitter. He's got all the good news, the bird dog, as, as they say on Extra Time. So thanks again, man. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Cheers, man. I appreciate you having me.